I want to uh, stay right here where we are and uh, just continue in this. And she's right. We did have a wonderful time. And uh, yes, I had a scratching everywhere. Amen. It's wonderful. Amen. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> stay with me, bro. <laughs> okay. So, um, <clears throat> wow. Part of my responsibility is to help us to know who we are and to know what we have been assigned to do. Are you there, saints? Amen. So, staying right, right here, find a passage for me. You may take your seats. I want you to find a passage for me, and then we're going to uh, to pray. I want you to go to Acts 19, Acts chapter 19, the first seven verses. I have been attentive since the detox, knowing that this was a time the Lord had for us to drop and loose things from our lives that hinder him from doing what he wants to do. How many of you believe you let go some old baggage? How many of you just in your heart, you just said, I'm done with that. And naturally, in the natural, when, you, when there's a detox, you usually take some substance which will drive everything that's foreign and unhealthy and unuseful out from your body. And uh, your body has a lot of uh, many, many openings. And so, <laughs> uh, forgive me. Anyway, um, so when, when you detox, you know, can come out the, physically, can come out of the pores of your skin, can come out your eye glands, can come out mouth, other places. Um, but when the body wants to get rid of something, it wants to rid it. Um, that's why many of you, when it's time, you know, to take care of the natural body function, it, it, I'm just trying not to be crass. When you got to go, you got to go. You understand what I'm saying? And when the body, because it's, it's detoxing, it's actually a natural detoxification. And, but there are things in our, in our system, in our blood, our, in our organs, in our bloodstream, in our, the cells of our body that are unhealthy that don't allow the body to function to max. And if left alone, will not only hamper the body, but actually destroy the body. So God built in your system a natural detoxification. But sometimes, depending on what you've put in there, you need to drive it out with some other means. That's what happened when I ate what I, you know, to me what I ate was good, but it wasn't good to my body. Might have, been, might have been good to me, but it wasn't good for me. And when I ate that, I was fine. I was like finished. But then 24 hours later, I was sitting there talking to my brother at the table at the hotel. We about ready to go home. I mean, to go to, we, we wouldn't go to Miami. We were in Texas. And I'm sitting there going, you know, you know, and I just kept talking. I was like, 
how many of you, how many of you had the kind of itch that you got to have it scratched or something? It was so bad, I would get up against the wall, you know? Anybody ever been there? And the more we talked, the more I scratched. He keep turning his head and looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I don't know, it's itching. So by that, by that night, I'm tossing and turning. By that next morning, I get up and I go, whoa, Jesus. So I put on my shirt, I covered it up. And she said, what's wrong with you? I said, you don't want to see it. She said, let me see it. I said, you don't want to see it. She said, let me see it. Now, it, you know, so I, I went, and she went, whoa! And uh, it was like, what in the world? And, you know, people call and say, take him to the hospital. <laughs> anyway, I was great. And, and, but it just had to pass. Probably took 72 hours, huh? For it to pass. Started up here, went all the way down on my chest, my back. Lord Jesus. Arms down my thighs. I said, you know, this got to go here. Do you feel me? No, you don't feel me, but you understand what I'm saying. So uh, it, it, it passed. And when it passed, it was like it never came. It's the craziest thing. You all there? When you go through detox, in the spirit, stuff that has lodged in your life, things that you have allowed in that did not, pat, that did not help you but stayed with you um, that needed to go. How many of you say, thank you, Jesus? For, for, it, that's something the spirit of God doesn't. We have those detoxes for that very, for that very purpose. Um, but listen to me when you get rid of what needs to go you need to receive what will help you God never intended for us to live this life without his help tell your neighbor it is impossible it is impossible to live the life of Christ without his help amen but you have to volunteer God will not help you if you don't let him. You have to volunteer. You have to want him. Look at your neighbor. Say, God wants you to want him. Amen. In fact, if you don't want God, you don't really qualify for God. Amen to that. And that's what God, 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 God wants to be where he's celebrated, not tolerated. The Holy Spirit doesn't move where, you're, where he's tolerated. He moves where he's accepted, where he's celebrated. And his spirit in us is the completion or the, or the completing of what God did in this creation, what he, what he meant for you to be. You can only be what God ultimately wants you to be with his help and with his spirit. But you gotta, quality, you gotta, you gotta, you have to, you have to want him. How many of you are married in this place? I'm talking about I'm, I'm married. When I say married, I don't mean by paper. I mean by flesh and blood. Married. By heart and spirit. Lord Jesus, my daughter's in the bed grinning at me like, Jesus, help me today. Okay, so uh, the reason why I asked the question is because in a, in a few moments, I want you to 
raise your desire for God to work through you and do everything he intended. You are not, you are becoming, you are not yet fully what God in, intended you to be and do. You are totally accepted in Christ by faith. But once you are accepted, you mature, you grow, you become. In fact, my daughter, did, my, uh, Pastor Tiffany, didn't know that the very scripture she ended with was my scripture in devotion. When the Lord asked me a question, he said, how do you know your son? How does one know you're a son? You know, most people, they don't even know who their daddies are. And many of them who know who their daddies are don't get the benefit of who their daddies are because it may not have been a good relationship. The Lord asked me, how do you know you're a son? Because you know if you know you're a son and you know who I am, then that tells you something about what I have provided for you and what you will do. And most people don't identify with God as his, his son, his daughter. Son in the scripture, by the way, I, don't, I won't break that out this morning, but son in the scripture actually is a category. And it's, in, in fact, it's used in a couple of ways. And one of the ways it's used is as, does not ha it's neutral. It doesn't have gender per se. So ladies, don't feel somehow, don't, don't listen to the narrative of our culture that says because the scripture doesn't say him and her that you're not included. That's a lie. When you are a son of God, that is birth of, of God, how do you know you are? You, if you know you are, then that, 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 that gives not only incredible privilege, but it also gives power to your life. So I want you to take one more step this morning. How many of you don't mind taking one more step this morning? Oh, amen, a class, you're, you're with me. I, I didn't realize that, okay. How many of you don't mind taking one more step this morning? Yeah. Amen, that's, that's a good thing. Are you got 19, Acts 19? Thank you, thank you, Kenny, I appreciate it. Now it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some apostles, excuse me, found some disciples. Do you see that? So he ran into these brothers, they were disciples. Disciples, of course, of the Lord. Well, they were disciples of the faith. Then he said to them, I want you to note the question that the apostle Paul asked the disciples. It, just for your understanding, the scripture does not call a disciple anyone who is not a follower of Jesus Christ. Unless it's somebody else's disciples, and if that's the case, it will say so-and-so's disciples. So, so, in other words, it doesn't use the word frivolously. It always identifies with some person, personality. He found some, are you there, some disciples. What did he ask them? By the way, this question is what took me from being a nominal Baptist to being a, a, a spirit-filled believer. I'm not against Baptists because that, my, whole, my whole family grew up in the, in, the, in the Baptist church. I'm not talking about the denomination negatively at all. But I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. 
I knew Jesus, but I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. Notice the question Paul asked. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? If you look at the King James Version, it'll say, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Excuse me, are you still with me? Don't be mad at me if, you, if, you're, denominational, if you're denominationally struck. Don't be mad with me, just stay with me. Because even if you're a different denomination, have a different upbringing, you still believe the scripture. All the people said amen. And I had to believe the scripture because when the problem was what the people I was amongst were talking language, I didn't get it. I didn't know, what are you talking about? I, I was like these guys that Paul talked to. Holy Spirit, only thing I knew about Holy Spirit was praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Then, Amen. That's all I knew about the Holy Spirit. So, but would you notice the question? Did you receive, read it for me please. When you believe. And they said, what? No, we have not, come on, even heard whether there be. Good God Almighty. Now I want to tell you something, saints. There are, in the church today, there is a category of people who know Jesus, but they don't know the answer to Paul, what he said. They, their, answer, their answer would be the same as these brothers. We don't know the Holy Spirit like that. We don't know what, what the Holy Spirit. Are you breathing? This verse, this, what I'm reading to you now, is what changed my life literally as a serviceman overseas searching after God. I knew God since I was nine years old. And I, I never doubted that. I knew God knew me. I knew God loved me. And I loved God as best I, as best I knew how to. I was baptized at nine. I started worship and directing the choir at nine. That's, that's no joke. I started leading worship when I was nine years old. And it, was, it wasn't a joke for me. I knew what I knew as much as I knew. But I had never read this. So by the time I'm now in my 20s and God has confronted me about my life, and about the direction of my life, I, I, I was so confused when I stepped into a crowd of Bible-believing, uh, tongues-speaking, charismatic, Pentecostal Christians. I had a problem. I loved them. I knew they loved me, but I couldn't figure out this Holy Spirit stuff. And the last thing I didn't want to hear about was tongues. So, like the Apostle Paul, the question came to me. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? What do you mean did I receive the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And they said, well, no, we don't even know whether there, be, whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, unto, check this out, unto what then were you baptized? I knew I was baptized. And they said, unto John's baptism. Are you all, do you all see that? Whose baptism were they baptized unto? So if you, if you just stay there in Luke, but if you'll, if, 
note that it's still there in, uh, in Acts, but in Luke 7, 29 through 30, when all the people and the tax collectors heard about this, they acknowledged God's justice having been baptized with the baptism of John. Because see, John, John, Jesus' cousin, had a specific mission, and he was baptizing on the si on the, in, on the, in the countryside of Judea, and they would come and he would baptize them in water unto repentance. In other words, they had an understanding that if I'm going to repent, that baptism would, would identify them with a person who has, you know, I don't want to live this way anymore. All my sins, I don't want to, I don't want to identify with my sins anymore. John was baptizing them. Are you there, saints? And in that same passage, um, the Pharisee, uh, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. All the religious people wouldn't dare to have John the Baptist baptize them because John was strange. John was not a mainline denominational Christian. You understand what I'm saying? John was wild. John had camel hair on. He wore camel hair around him. Yeah, like purple, you know, like that. But it wasn't purple, but you know, it was different. It was different. And Jesus, Jesus knew who John was. In fact, what G, let me just say this. What Jesus said about John was unbelievable. Um, no, I didn't put it down here. But Jesus said, he said, he started testifying about John the Baptist. He said, there is, no, there is not a man or woman born on the earth greater than John. Except the sons of the kingdom. They are the only ones greater than John. And John was there to get people ready for Jesus. Well, there was a whole category of people who did not want to have anything to do with John because John was not of the, of the mainline denominational trend. John wasn't dressing in coat and ties. Nothing wrong with coat and ties. But John, John, John wasn't, he wasn't into phylacteries and robes and, and, and pomegranates and, and, and turbans. He wasn't into that. John looked like a crazy wild man. He looked like them crazy people downtown. You don't know exactly what I'm talking about, where all the graffiti on the wall is. And he was wild. John was, uh, John was untamed. He, was, he would tell it like you did. He called him snake, you viper, you sinning, you know you sinning, you need to be sinning. John was that kind of guy. Up in your face. And he'd come and get him. Holy. And they would get up and repenting from their sin. The Pharisees would not, I would not undignify myself. And by the way, do you know many people today who are not filled with the Holy Spirit, that's their problem, their false dignity. And their false dignity creates a fear in them so they don't want to act crazy, so they wouldn't want nobody to lay hands on them. And so there's a whole sect in the church that resists the Holy Spirit because they don't want to, they don't want to humble themselves and acknowledge that they don't have everything God has provided for them. Let me hurry. So Jesus, uh, the apostle Paul, says, Who, whose baptism were you baptized He said, we were baptized under John's baptism. We didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. Wow. And Paul said, 
John baptized with water, verse 4, he baptized with water for repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. Jesus said that about himself. In other words, I'm the one that John was baptizing you for. Are you there, saints? And then, and when they heard this, come on, look, verse 5, they were what? Baptized what? And I want you to see this is very important. With that, that, there's a couple of baptisms you, that actually, there's a couple of baptisms you ought to be aware of. The first baptism is baptism into the name of Jesus, which is a baptism into the body of Christ. The, the plunging of a person underneath water signifies death to their old life. That's why you stop breathing. Don't nobody breathe underwater. Because we didn't give you a snorkel and we did not give you a, what you call that thing? <sighs> what that? No, no, no. That's not snorkel. We didn't give you an oxygen tank and underwater equipment. When you get baptized, they don't give you no underwater equipment, bro. How many of you understand? Amen to that. If you don't take a breath, you're in trouble when you get down under there, all right? And some people ain't that strong, so they got you down there. You weigh 500 pounds. They got you down there, and they can't really raise you up that quick. So, you, so you know, you, when you go under the water, you quit, you quit breathing. Amen. And when you stop breathing, it's a, it's a recognition that I do not breathe. I do not live by my own strength and power. I now fully identify. In fact, for many people who are baptized, the first breath they take when they come up, many times, not all the time, God will fill them with his breath of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, that's exactly what your, your experience was. Others of you, God did that before time, even before. Many of you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit before you were even baptized. But I want you to see here, this is important. Put that first back up, if you would please, sir. That when they asked, the, when he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? You know, I'm having to ask the church, I'm having to ask Metro that again. Because if you have received the Holy Spirit, you must continue to receive the Holy Spirit. So he continued to work in you and through you. Some of you have been afraid of that because of what you've seen. Some of you are afraid of it because of the foolishness and the immaturity of other believers who received God's spirit and did not know what to do with that power. They're jumping all over the place, flopping all over the floor. I was one of them. When, I, when, I, when the Holy Spirit, when I first received the Holy Spirit, I was, I, I, Lord, have mercy. I'm telling you, I was on the floor. I remember the guy came over to me, laid his hands on me. I was sitting down on the floor. And I want to tell you, with my legs straight in front of me, and I was sitting on the floor, my body was doing this. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm watching this out of my brain while it's happening to me. Some of you understand what I'm talking about when I say this. And I'm saying, what is happening to me, Jesus? Some folks didn't know what to do. They started running. Just started running. They didn't know what to do. And they, don't, they didn't know what to do with that, that release of power that happens, particularly initially when the Holy Spirit comes. But it no less, it no less is the Holy Spirit. Some people don't know how to act, what to do with that. But it's still Jesus. Let alone the fact I'm standing in the, I'm, it, it had to be 500 
servicemen standing in the altar, at the altar, and the man walks over to me, and because we're all being prayed, he said, because we learned from the scripture that, that one, of the way, one of the ways you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is, is by the laying on of hands. And I remember standing over there, and I, I remember I came up to the altar, and I was just so, you know, I was just so wore out of trying to receive. And I don't know what I thought. I guess I thought, I'm trying to receive here. I'm trying to receive here. I don't know, I don't know how many of you can relate to that. And it was so bad, you know, then when we came, we had the mourn. Anybody had the mourner's bench? The mourner's bench or, or, or the, when you come and you kneel down, you know, you kneel down. And people come and lay hands on you. And if that don't work, they say, well, lay down. <laughs> so we lay down. <laughs> lay it out. I got one sister on one side. I got one sister on the other side. And they hanging over you. And all, all that's hanging off of them is hanging on you. And, and you know, oh, Lord, I, I got to get out of here. I got to get up out of here. <laughs> one saying, thank you, Jesus. Say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say thank you, Jesus. No, he don't want me to say praise. They start arguing. He don't want to say he want. Lord, I said I got to get up. You laughing? I think you know what exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and they meant well, but a lot of ignorance. And so, so God took me through all of that. I know He did, so I would be able to help those who need to step over into the Spirit of God. And I reverence the Lord. I thank him for that journey to help me, to help others to receive him. I didn't know how to receive, so I had, I, ne I never forget this brother, so much wisdom. He put his hand on my shoulder. He said, brother, just ask the Lord to teach you how to receive. I never forget. I said, Lord, I don't know how to receive. Do you know there are a lot of people sitting in this building that don't know how to receive? They don't even know how to receive in the natural. You try to give them a gift. Oh, no, no, oh, no. It's amazing. You have to be humble enough to receive. We don't even know if there'd be such a Holy Spirit. What, what baptism would you baptize in? Isn't it interesting that when they, the answer to the response to their question was, we don't even know about the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, well, me, well, how did you receive? In other words, how were you baptized? Because you can't be baptized unless you put yourself into the hands of somebody. Are you all breathing? Well, we were baptizing the John. Oh, okay, I got it. So John, he was really pointing to Jesus. So come on, we're gonna, Paul said, I'm going to baptize you in the name of Christ. Baptize into the name of Jesus Christ. Into the power of Jesus Christ. Into the redemption of Jesus Christ. Into the representation of his death. Identifying with his death so you can also identify with his resurrection. What does the scripture say? We got to go home. Why, why am I lingering here? Put it up there again, Kenny. He says, he said, and, and he said, uh, the next one, go, go, go from there, sir. And he said, so Paul said, that's what John did. He, he's talking about Jesus. The next verse, verse 5, he says, when they heard this, what does it say, what? 
Okay, so that's why when I baptize people, I baptize you into the name of the Lord Jesus, into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at the next verse. Read it for me, please. This changed my life. I could no longer deny the scripture was clear that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was different than baptism in the water and was different than being just being saved. And I said, and that started me in my search. And then I went through the whole book of Acts and I said, oh my God, I got the study from years ago. I got it in my Bible right now. And some of you have not been able to come over into fully what God wants with all of the gifts he has for you. Some of you have gifts dormant in you that are not activated because you have not received the fullness of the Spirit. Others of you are, are covered up with fears because the Spirit of God is not taken resident and God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. For you to be the believer, for you to be the disciple, for you to be the follower of Jesus that you are to be, you need, this is not, you need, it's a necessity, the Holy Spirit in this way. Somebody said, well, when I was born again, when you were born again, you were born again by the Spirit of God. We're not telling you you don't have the Holy Spirit at all. You're just not baptized into him. Lord have mercy. By the way, for most believers, they don't get the theology before the experience. It's true. They didn't. They didn't get. They didn't get the theology. All, all Paul said, "Oh, you need. You need. A, you need a different kind of pronunciation over your life concerning Jesus' death and resurrection, baptism into Jesus, in the name of Jesus." And then he, Paul lays hands on them. Boom. And what did that verse say? Put it back up there, because some people have a little problem with this right here. They, when, 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 he, when he did what? And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit did what? Lord have mercy. Some of you all your life, and some of you, some people are scared of this. Don't be, look at your neighbor and say, it, don't be scared. <laughs> By the way, when you are desiring him, when you desire God, you will not be afraid of God. Although your flesh will sometimes tremble. Don't be afraid of the Lord. Why does the Holy Spirit want you? Because his home, his home is in you. He desires us. He wants you. You have to want him. It's a covenant. It's a marriage. And when he comes, you, you must keep the environment of your life such that he was welcome to stay. 
Some of you have not been able to experience him because you recreated an environment in you that's not conducive to his presence. That's why some stuff you don't do. Because the Holy Spirit who now lives in you, says, oh, I like that. Why don't you like that? Because it's not good for you. We in here, ain't we? Yeah, Lord, we <laughs> We're in here. Well, why you got him in here? What are he doing in here? I'm talking to some of y'all. You start getting the question like, why are you drinking that? You start getting question like, why are you smoking that? Are you breathing? You start getting, getting thoughts like, why are you looking at that? Oh. We in here, ain't we? because I know what God's going to do for some of y'all in a minute. <laughs> you know, um, you, you, you need to understand God wants a 24-7 relationship with you. Listen, I'm gonna tell, I want to say this to you. Some of you will understand it. Some of you may not. When you're asleep, God is communicating with you. That's why when some of you, when you wake up, there's a conversation going on in your head with God. Some of, you don't know, some of you don't know God this way. And he wants you to know him this way. So that you become incredibly effective with what you do. God doesn't come just so you have another language. I, 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 don't have, I won't take the time this morning. I, I, I will, though, to, show, to tell you why that language is so important and why exercising that language is important. It's about, your, it's about your purpose in God. I, I want to end this and give, and give, de- and give way f- for him. Uh, so I, I did write this down because I thought it was very important to say to you this morning. In Luke 7 and 29 and 30, which I was reading earlier, it says, when, when all the people and the tax when all the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees, I want you to check this out, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. And in verse 29, put verse 29 up there, Kenny. It says, when all the, I want you to see these four categories. When all the peoples and the what? Tax collectors, they acknowledged God's justice. But look at the other category. But when the Pharisees and the lawyers, they rejected God's purpose. One of the reasons you want to receive the Holy Spirit is so the purpose of God in your life can come forth. 
It's the only reason why many of us have not gone further into God's purpose because we have not received him and followed him. Now God is no respecter of persons. And some of you, Satan has said to you, I, I identify that voice as Satan or demonic, that you don't deserve. There's a, there is a there is a hundred percent truth and lie in what they're saying, what demons are saying. You don't deserve the Holy Spirit. If anybody deserves the Holy Spirit, you don't, because your life is, is a definition. If we go to the dictionary and look up unholy, your name would be there. So you think, well, I don't deserve the Holy Spirit. So the demons come and say, you don't deserve the Holy Spirit. Tell them, you're right. There's nothing I do that I can earn this gift, this unspeakable gift. For he is a gift. So you have to do transference. You've got to go step into the name of Jesus. Why? That's why we are baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Because he's the one that's worthy. The full identification with Jesus. He's the one who forgave my sin. He's the one who said, not guilty. Lord, have mercy. He said, not guilty when I know I was guilty. Yeah, but because you trust in me, I'm going to take that punishment. I ain't going to punish twice. I took it for you. Why are you taking it? You are forgiven by God. You are forgiven. And God will, does not put that on your record. How can I be forgiven? Well, you must ask him, Lord, forgive me. I believe that Jesus was a full payment, paid in full stamp, paid in full for all of my sins. Look at your neighbor and say, all of my sins. Look at your neighbor and say, for my sinful state, he paid for that too. So when Satan says and demons say that you're not worthy of the Holy Spirit, say you're right. But Jesus is. I was, I was baptized into Jesus. I identify with him. When the Lord look at me, he see Jesus. So when the Lord look at me, all that stuff I did, all he see is Jesus. When the Lord look at me, all he sees is them wounds and scars that Jesus took. That, that was my punishment. You know, Jesus took that on himself, so I ain't got, hey, you know, I'm, I'm identifying with his, his goodness, his wholeness, his healing. And you are in Christ. Tell your neighbor, you are in Christ. Not only worthy, but God desires you. Clap your hands. God desires you. He desires you. And he wants to teach you further what to do. So I want us to do this right now. I want us to stand on our feet. And I want you to, yes, I do. I want you to stand on your feet. And I want you to open your heart before the Lord. When you ask the Lord to come, the Holy Spirit to come, the one reason why he, he, he answers that request, 
because he's standing there waiting for you to open the door. He don't have to come from eon eternity back. He already he already here. He's standing there. You know, have you ever, have you ever, you know, go to your door to open your, you know, to open your door and open it, and the person standing right there. Jesus, he's he's standing there. He said, "Well, you know, you know, I like Revelation. Said, Yea, behold, <laughs> I stand at the door and knock." I'm not going to bust this door down. I could. I could melt the door. Better than that, I could just go through the door. But because of my government, I, I'm ruled by my own government. So I'm not going to bow God. Lord, have mercy. I'm not going to make you do nothing. Lord, are you all hearing what I'm saying? He said, but you have to want me. Look at your name and say, you got to want him. You know, I don't believe any woman should marry a man that don't want her. Do you feel me? If she don't want you, why are you marrying her? No man want to be the woman that don't want, don't, you know, you tolerating me? Shoot, I, could, I want to marry a woman who want to drink my bath water. What you talking about? Hey. The Holy Spirit, he wants you. Tell your neighbor, he wants you. He wants you. Why are you resisting him? You're planning to play hard to get? Really? (laughs) Oh, I see. You just want to be sure somebody really do love you so you you know you got your all your defenses i don't know i can't be going out tonight lord jesus he's actually i ain't going nowhere standing right outside that door nose to the door (laughs) you in there you know you in there you in there lonely Lonely, tired, scared, <laughs> hurting, ineffective, purposeless, don't know what you're doing, where you're going. You in the crowd, you're still lonely. Holy Spirit, where are you? You're driving in the car, where are you? You in the bed by yourself crying. Where are he? When you gonna let him in? Lift your hands to the Lord. All you gotta do is ask. And that's what's so crazy. All you had to do was ask. It's, it's similar to them folks that got bit by the snakes in the desert. In Moses' day, Moses builds a serpent, puts it high on a pole. All you got to do, just look up. You receive the Holy Spirit since you believe. 
We don't even know but there's the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you today, he's there, he's here. And he always wants entrance into your life. Thank you, Jesus. And now, now, by the way, once he has the entrance, he wants to keep filling you up like a well. He wants to keep filling you up like a well. He wants to keep filling. But you can't get filled up unless you drink. So that means you got to learn how to drink from the well that he puts inside you so that you can begin to overflow with his presence, with his power, with his anointing, with his gifting. Only when you want him. Only when you want him. I don't know what to do about these tongues. Don't you worry about those tongues. In fact, if you're having difficulty with those tongues, come up here right now. Lord, have mercy. If you're having difficulty with flowing in tongues, come, come. I mean, literally, come right up here right now. It's okay. Come on. If you're having difficulty with those tongues, come right now. If you're having difficulty with those tongues, right now so I don't know I don't know laying up in the bed lonely tired broke <laughs> Holy Spirit I'm gonna take care of all of that I need I just need to get you to learn how to follow me lift those hands to the Lord okay there's not enough courage in the room for them to respond yet bro so so I'll let you stand there where you are. I, I, I have, oh, I, isn't it amazing what the children that's amazing? In fact, I was talking to my my granddaughter this morning about about her language, and uh, I didn't I didn't uh, have the opportunity to lay hands on her, but uh, but God is gonna He wants to do that. If if you want that breakthrough in that arena, then um, what you'll have to exhibit is a little courage. Okay, and, and the courage says, I want you. That was my story, Mark. That was my story. Because I needed the courage to say, Lord, I want you. And when I started, when I started telling the Lord that I wanted him and that I wanted him to come, there were a, there were a few times that people laid hands on me and nothing happened. I would, you know what? I would be asleep. I'd, I'd be at work. You ain't supposed to sleep at work. And I, I was a dental tech, so I had to I had to do uh, 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 dental assistant. So I would do uh, X-rays, and the X-rays are in a dark room, and you know sit there for hours developing X-rays, and I doze off to sleep. So I was praying for the Holy Spirit, Eric. So I'm sitting there doing X-rays. I get tired. I slept. I doze off to sleep. I heard myself speaking in tongues in my sleep. Woke. Have you ever have you ever woke up by your own snoring? It was like that. And could not break through. It was here. It was my mind. But it's okay because we're gonna lay hands on you in a minute and take you right to another another level. Now begin to pray in the language that you have. Actually, Janiah, I had you on my mind. Uh, it was last week or week before last we were at a conversation because you're in a, this transition in your life uh, you're, you're, you're about to go to college that's right and I had her I, she was on my mind 
Okay, so some of, uh, some of my team, I want you to come and gather around these um, that have come. I'm going to pray for them. You can help me. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, I think a good way to, a good way to, uh, to bring this is I was going to tell you those of, how many of you have a language of the Holy Spirit? That language is operable in your life. Raise your hands if that's the case. That means you have a language and God, you can, you can, you can pray in that language. Some of you is just intermittent at certain times, but I'm talking to those of you that it's constant. And you can use that language. Raise your hand if you can use that language anytime you want. That's really kind of important. All right, I want you to begin to, to use that language as we pray together. God wants to do something very special in your life. Amen. 